I just think that sometimes some Christians come across so ridiculously self-righteous that it just come on. We we end up wounding people, and now all of a sudden somebody somebody walks away from a conversation feeling condemned because they've got stress, mm-hmm. they, they, they've got anxiety. I don't want anybody sure. listening to this. You, you're dealing with stress and anxiety. Hey, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I deal with stress and anxiety. Well, welcome everybody to another real life podcast. We're so glad you're tuning in. I am your host, Dale Satram, and I am here with my great co-host, Katie Jones. Hey guys, Katie, thanks for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. How about you? I'm doing good too. I know it's raining outside and so uh, I'm liking the rain. Yeah. You know what that does? It no. improves the Did fishing. Did you say black in the rain? No, I like the rain. Oh, you like the I rain. I like okay, the rain. Okay, okay, okay. Bring that it on. It's time for me to catch more fish and I need some rain to help that problem. <laughs> process along because uh we need it so do you go fishing in the rain darn right okay. i don't melt in the rain we'll add that to your toxic traits oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes i can handle Joke. the rain Joking. i am a true orgonian so <laughs> fishing in the rain and uh yeah i'll show you pics okay next week good. i'll show we'll you some pics them. yeah all right <laughs> all right so today katie what are we doing today we are answering your questions so this is kind of a fun uh, this is what we've been waiting for yeah. we've been waiting for people to reach out right so yeah. um if you don't listen to the very end of literally every single episode i'm gonna put it in right now and say please send us your questions we have gotten a handful of really good ones and i know um, we get feedback from people that are saying yes thank you for talking about that thank you for bringing that up so if you think of something, send us a message. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So Boy. this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We want the questions. And we, we are getting some great feedback. And so uh, that really helps us. Yeah. And we do want to talk about the things that are on your heart and your mind and the things that maybe you're wrestling with. And that's why it's real life. So give us some real life absolutely. so that we can talk about. Yeah. That's what we're here for. So, so let's dive into this okay, t- uh, today. The first question. Let's do we it. We got two questions to go over today. Um, and this is from a listener. And they said, hi, PD and KJ. I have loved listening to the podcast and have so many questions. It probably would take years to answer them all. Oh, I'm with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so instead, I chose the biggest question that has left me with an entrapped, anxious feeling almost daily. This question involves the Trinity. When I pray, I don't know who to pray to. God. Jesus, according to the Trinity, God and Jesus are one, but it is very confusing to me. It's caused my prayer life to plummet because I don't know if I'm doing it right and I'm not sure if I'm even calling God slash Jesus the right thing or even praying to the right one. Dale, can you explain the Trinity to us? I am struggling to understand how Jesus is God because often Jesus talks to God. Is Jesus talking to himself? I just don't get it. Help. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's Boy, that's a great question. So good. There's a lot of questions in there, really. And uh, let me just say before I I begin to weigh into some of this stuff, um, I I think that the thing for me, just emotionally as I read that question, that impacts me the most is that this is impacting your prayer life. And so that that kind of hurts my heart. Um, not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that, oh my goodness, I, I want people's uh, prayer life to be real and vibrant. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, stuff like this gets in the way. And, and I guess that's what that was, that's what concerns me the most is, boy, I want to try to remove some obstacles so that 
your prayer life is rich, your intimacy with God is real. And so I hope that the way we try to answer some of this uh, accomplishes that. And uh, and if the answer actually creates more questions, then ask some more questions. Yeah. You know, you said it would take years. I don't plan on going anywhere. Yeah. So ask some more questions. <laughs> so, all right. So it, it says your prayer life. Has, yeah, That's there good. you go. Your, your prayer life has plummeted and made a comment about you don't know if you're doing it right. So can I just, just stop and, and just say it right now that for this listener or anybody else who is wondering if they're praying right, listen, if you're praying and talking to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, you're doing it right because you're praying. Prayer is just a conversation. You're, you're talking not just to God, but with God. And so I, I understand that it's just so easy to wonder if we're doing it right. Who do I pray to? And that, so then that's that's where the listener went. And do I pray to God? Do I pray to Jesus? Do I, do I pray to the Holy Spirit? You know, the Trinity. Um, so first of all, uh, let me just say that you can pray to all three. So if you pray to the Father, Jesus did. And, and so that's, you know, that's, there's nothing. You're doing it right to pray to the Father. You say, well, what about Jesus? If you pray to Jesus, you're doing it right. You know, Jesus said to pray in my name. All right. So that's completely appropriate. Well, what about the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. I mean, the Holy Spirit actually is praying for you, the Bible says. And so, and so you can even pray to the Holy Spirit. You're doing it right. The Father is not offended if you're praying to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. There's no division in the Godhead or the Trinity. And so they are thrilled that you are praying. They're thrilled that you're talking to them. Now, the Trinity. I'm not going to be able to answer every question about the Trinity. The Trinity is, well, let's just say, can be confusing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how can you, I mean, listen, there's only one God. The Bible says it over and over and over again. Hero Israel, the God is one. Hero Israel, the God is one. Okay. And yet what we see in the Bible is that the Father is called God, Jesus is called God, and the Holy Spirit is called God. All three of them are referred to as God in different places. I mean, Jesus himself said, if you, if you, if you see me, you see the Father. I mean, the Jews took up stones to, to, to kill Jesus because he made himself out to be God. So everybody knew what he was referring to because some people say Jesus never called himself God, and that's just ridiculous. Of course he did. And, and so um, are they all God? Yes. The Trinity is a difficult concept to wrap our minds around because they are all different and unique personalities and yet one God. There is the Father, there is the Son, there is the Holy Spirit. How can they all be one? And yet the Bible repeatedly says they're one. So it is a concept, I believe, that is an infinite concept. I don't think that man would have come up with that. Man would have always come up with a concept that he can fully explain. The Trinity is one you cannot fully explain. You can try to understand it. And the ways that we understand it, it's all, they're all limited, Katie. You know, examples that I was given growing up, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, water can be represented in three different ways, okay? You know, liquid, steam, and ice, and yet it's still water. 
yeah. three in one. Sometimes uh, people have used the illustration of an egg. Okay, it's it's an egg, and yet there's a shell, there's a white, there's a yolk. It's three in one. It doesn't fully explain the Trinity because God is f- much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And yet we try to use examples that our limited mind can kind of wrap its head around. Right. I think the Trinity is an infinite concept. God is infinite. We are finite. How can I understand that there is one God represented in three distinct personalities? That's the Trinity. Right. So I can't answer all those questions. Yeah. But I can reassure you that when you pray, um, when you pray to the Father, for God so loved the world, sometimes I just tell God, you know, Lord, thanks for loving me so much. The Father, you love me so much that you sent your Son. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live inside of me. Because the Holy Spirit's role is to empower me and, and, and to strengthen me. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm. So Holy Spirit, would you be my, my sound mind today? Would you be my strength today? Lord Jesus, would you let me connect with you? Because Jesus says, abide in me. So, so obviously, I, I, Lord, I, Lord Jesus, I want to abide. I want to remain in you. You said without you, I can do nothing. So apparently when you read God's word, it is appropriate to pray to all three. Mm. Sometimes I need a father. Sometimes I just need the connection with Jesus. Sometimes I, I need the, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I prayed all three. Yeah, no, you bring up so many great points. I like as you're talking, I was like, oh, I gotta ask that. I gotta ask oh. that. Um, but well, you brought up kind of the element examples, which are great, and those were ones I actually hadn't heard before. Um, one, there's a couple different ones examples. Maybe I don't know if this will help at all, but it's like you're. Dale, you have daughters. Yes, so I do. You're a dad. You're also a husband. I'm Lisa, a husband. And you're a pastor. I'm a pastor. There are three different things. I'm also a son. One. I can be yeah, four and things. You're a yeah. Son. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it sometimes helps to make it personal. But even the concept of God sending his son can be confusing if they're one. You know, and I've heard that question before where people are like, well, was it a sacrifice if he, is it his son? but it's himself so it it just bring it can bring up more and more questions so i definitely i mean this is a big one and but i appreciate you always being Mm. able to say like yep well god is infinite so we're not going to be able to perfectly explain something that is so big well you're right and i appreciate you bringing that up because there is uh, it's okay to say god's mysterious There's mystery. I think sometimes in the church, we want to remove the mystery. I understand that. I mean, humans, human beings, we want to explain. We want to understand. There's nothing wrong with that. But if God is infinite, that means that I will forever be learning about God, even in eternity. If you think that when you get to eternity, all of your questions are going to be answered, I really hate to disappoint you, because if God is infinite, that means that I'm going to be learning more things about God for all eternity. I will never get to the end of my understanding of who God is. So I guess it wouldn't surprise us that 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 dynamic exists even now. We can continue to grow in our understanding, and I think we should try to, but I'm never going to answer all these questions. It's okay for this dynamic to be, well, like I said, mysterious. Yeah. God's big. Oh, yeah. He's complex. There's like a comfort in that. 
There's I, like a weirdness. I like hope so. Unknowing, but also a comfort. Because if I could fully understand God, if I could fully explain him and remove all the mystery, would he still be God? Hmm. I mean, that he'd be more like man. But yeah, he's, that's a great point. He's God. Yeah. And and so if if your God can be fully explained, well, he's kind of puny. Mm. My God is big. The God of the Bible is big and complex. And he says, my ways are so far above your ways. So far. You'll, you'll never fully understand it. So. Uh, so while we're on the Trinity. Sure. Um, my question I did have was, so I've heard another example, which is you tend to pray most often to through the lens you see. So um, I've heard that sometimes you see God through like your father lens. And so if you've had like a not a good experience with your father, you tend to like not really connect with maybe God in a sense. But Jesus is kind of more like a brother or like a friend. Mm -hmm. So you kind of maybe connect more with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, I have heard, can be almost more like a motherly comforting presence. I know there was some other verses that are like, nope, the Holy Spirit's got lots of power. So it's not necessarily the feminine um, quality, but do each uh, entity serve a different purpose? Was my question. Well, right, they have different. They're all one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep going back to that because the Bible says they're one. They're one. They're one. But they they do have different roles, uh, and so yes, you could say different purposes, different roles. Uh, when you, you read about the, the creation account, you find out in Colossians that God created it all through Jesus. You know, so again, it's kind of fascinating to see. And so there's nothing wrong with them being represented uh, differently in our experiences. Uh, Those roles, um, you know, going back to masculine and feminine qualities, sometimes we always refer to uh, God in the masculine, but, but God is represented with masculine and feminine qualities. You know, you look at marriage, uh, you know, God made men and women in his image. And so the best way to understand God is to look at the masculine and feminine qualities because they're both created in the image of God. And so there is, if we say, the feminine qualities of God, the, the care, the comfort. You know, the Bible talks about how God gathers his children under his wings. That's a feminine description, like a mother hen type mm-hmm. of a description. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so all of that represents God. And sometimes we do relate to God in that way. We need the comfort of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And, and so all of that is appropriate. It's true that if we had a negative experience with our fathers, our, our fathers have a huge, a huge influence on how we relate to God. Another topic, okay? Yeah. But um, I get it. If that father figure was a was a painful one, a difficult one, an abusive one, then relating to God as a father might be difficult for you, and that's okay. That's okay. Pray to Jesus. Pray to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It's okay, and God can heal that and, and take you on that journey. And so, um, so they are represented. All one, but but different roles, um, different personalities, three distinct personalities represented as one God. This might be a question on left field. I didn't pre- I didn't prep PD for this one, but I just thought of it. Oh, my favorite ask. ones! Here so we go, completely off the cuff. <laughs> as we're talking, we're created in God's image, you know, and masculine and feminine. Um, there's men, there's women. What about the people? I, this is some a newer argument I've heard is. Um, then why is God only referred to as he? 
in the Bible, would you think? It doesn't bother me personally. I'm, you know, just plain devil's advocate asking. Which you love to do (laughs) all the time. Um, It's true. But then again... It's 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 a mixture because just like earlier I, I used the the imagery. So yes, he's uh, he's referred to as he uh, when the Bible was written. Let's understand two thousand years ago. It was also written in a cultural context. You know, two thousand three thousand years ago plus. It was written in a cultural context, very masculine, male oriented. Um, written in a way so that people could understand God. Mm-hmm. God's revealing himself to humanity in a way that they can understand. Sure. And yet at the same time, he is referred to as he, and yet imagery, there's feminine imagery. So he's doing that in a way that that world would understand, and, and even even us, just again, using God as you know feathers, wings, like a mother hen gathering his children. All of that are feminine qualities. So even even the audience back then understood God in a way as both. So um, it doesn't use the word she, mm-hmm. and yet it uses feminine imagery. So mm-hmm. so in a way he is represented in both, but he's done it's done in a way that people wouldn't have rejected it back then. Mm, fascinating. So I mean the the. This will be for another time. I'm just like, you could go down a whole other road with that one. But that that was good. I hadn't thought of that. So, um, okay. All right, Trinity. Was there anything else we needed to touch on? Hopefully that answered our listeners' question. I gave hope a so. little hope. And just yeah, have some hope. Yeah. You know what? What you're doing is right. You're praying. And God is thrilled. God the Father is thrilled that you're praying. God the Son is thrilled that you're praying. The Holy Spirit is thrilled that you're praying. And so lean into all three. Lean into only one. It's okay. You are praying and you are communicating with God. And he loves that you are giving him your attention. Mm. Because you know what? He, he loves talking with you. So Such a good question. I've wondered that myself. I think you have actually brought up, um, isn't there's a verse... I could be wrong on this. Hold on. So just correct me. We got the pastor here as the fact checker uh-oh, uh-oh. when I talk about verses. So, <laughs> but isn't there a verse that talks about um, the Holy Spirit essentially being like uh, almost like a translator for you when you're praying? Yes, Romans eight talks okay. about that when we don't know how to pray, and the Holy Spirit actually mm. prays for us with with groanings too deep for words. It says so. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't even know what to say, and. Sometimes you're just in his presence. You're just in God's presence. And, and I don't know, I've been so overwhelmed by life or pain or sorrow where you just don't even know what to say. God, I don't even know what to say, but you you see my heart, you know my thoughts. And, and so in those moments, sometimes you're just in God's presence. And I take comfort in the fact that right now the Holy Spirit is praying in a way that 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 I need. He knows what I need. He knows the words to say, and I don't have the words. So that's that's the beauty of it is that the Holy Spirit is actually helping that process go on. So he's he's interceding for us. Yeah, that's a beautiful that's picture. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Didn't okay. answer all the questions. Embrace the mystery. It's okay. Uh, I think that definitely gave some good, good uh, food for thought and a little comfort in that area. So, uh, okay, last question. All right. Okay, uh, a coworker was telling me about a ton of life stuff that she is dealing with. Then she commented that her mom would always um, say that she shouldn't be stressed 
because stress is a sin. I had never heard this before, but immediately thought that isn't right. I figured this could be a good topic for your podcast. Okay. Is stress sinful? <laughs> oh boy, there's a lot that? of us that are being sinful then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I am definitely mass sinner. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we all are, uh, but mm -hmm. is stress in and of itself a sin? And so, yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think sometimes because the Bible, the Bible makes comments about, um, you know, don't fear, don't fear. You know, uh, why are you worried about tomorrow? I mean, and so those verses are real and they're legitimate. They're in the Bible. But does that mean we're sinning if we're fearful? We're sinning if we're stressful? We're sinning if I have anxiety? And, and so... If that's true, every time I'm under stress, I'm sinning, then I guess Jesus sinned. Oh, oh my goodness, how could you say that? Well, I'm, I'm just pointing out the, the, the error of that comment. So before Jesus went to the cross, if you remember the story, if you don't, let me just briefly fill you in. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knows what's coming. He knows he's going to die for the sins of humanity. He knows he's going to be bludgeoned. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be whipped. He's going to hang on a cross. He's going to die in one of the most worst ways possible. He knows all this is coming. And he, when you read that account, Jesus is stressed because he feels the weightiness of what is going to happen. He is literally under so much pressure, he is sweating drops of blood, mm. the Bible says. So to say that Jesus isn't stressed would be a ridiculous, okay? You see his humanity in that moment, so much so he prays to the Father saying, God, if this cup can pass from me, if there's another way, it's incredible prayer, really, if there's another way, if this cup, if this cup of suffering can pass, oh Lord, let there be another way. But he says, not my will, but yours be done. I mean, it's incredible prayer. But you see, you see the stress that Jesus is under in that moment. So obviously he didn't sin. Obviously, being under stress then uh, isn't always sinful. What about the Apostle Paul? So it's not just Jesus. What about the Apostle Paul? So there are times the Apostle Paul talks about showing up and preaching the gospel, and he is doing it with fear and trembling. The Apostle Paul, we don't have the image of him. We just think he's a rock. He's always out there. He's got no fear. He's like a spiritual Rambo, right? I mean, he just he's just going for it. But that's not the case. And so I'm going to give you a, a passage on that. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 2 uh, 3, when he went to the town of Corinth. Now, Paul was always getting beat up in a town, thrown in prison. I mean, he was always having problems. But we see him always overcoming. We don't see his emotions. In 1 Corinthians 2, 3, he says, I came to you, okay? He, I, I came to you with great fear and trembling. That's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, that is not the image that sometimes we have. So he, he is stressed. He's afraid. He's afraid to share the gospel. He does it with trembling. He, he feels the weightiness of what he's doing. He's, maybe he's even uh, anticipating the repercussions of what he's doing. Okay, But that's, that, that's not the image that, that we get of him. So, um, so the Apostle Paul was under stress and anxiety at times. And so, well, well, well was he sinning? Okay, so obviously we can be under stress and have anxiety, and it's not sinful. I think sometimes, um, I don't know, Katie, I, I know, I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt here. 
Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. (laughs) I just think that sometimes some Christians come across so ridiculously self-righteous that it just, come on, we, we end up wounding people. And now all of a sudden somebody... Somebody walks away from a conversation feeling condemned because they've got stress. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've got anxiety. I don't want anybody sure. listening to this. You, you're dealing with stress and anxiety. Hey, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I deal with stress and anxiety. Good grief. It's real. This right. is real life here. Right. Yeah. No. And the the delivery on that message definitely probably did more damage than than gave that person hope. Um, I do, again, devil's advocate here, though. I think there has been somewhat of a shift. Um, and I, I personally know many people that really have allowed anxiety. And it's not just anxiety. They call it my anxiety it's mine my precious like it's very (laughs) my um, truth my anxiety my feelings my yeah i know so i do think there's a caveat here to be had um how much is that anxiety controlling you it's almost like just you know is it is it affecting your relationships it is affecting your relationship with god and what you're doing like kingdom work wise yes what is it being allowed to affect Great perspective. So I think sometimes we have to stop looking at, especially emotional issues, in a black and white binary way. So when it comes to stress and anxiety, we, we want to go, it's either right or wrong, it's a sin or it's not. Can we just stop? When it comes to emotions, it's like anger. So let's, let's think about stress and anxiety like the Bible deals with anger. The Bible says that you can be, be angry and don't sin. Oh, so anger is not a sin. Uh, but it can be. Mm. But it's not so black and white. It's not so binary. So you can be angry. Jesus got angry and didn't sin. I mean, when he's kicking over tables in the temple and got a whip. And I, mean, I think he's a little upset. And yet it was. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories, by oh, the way. Anyway, shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> But it wasn't sinful, so we can be angry and not be sinned. We can allow anger to cause us to do sinful things. So stress and anxiety is just like that. Stress and anxiety can keep us from doing a lot of right things, right behavior. Um, So in and of itself, emotions are emotions. Emotions are not sinful, but yet they can lead to sinful behavior. So... So that's why the Bible says, hey, don't fear, don't be anxious. It's not that that is automatically sinful. It can lead you to sinful pathways. That's why the Bible says, don't, don't stay in those emotions. We're going to have them, but don't stay there because they can take us places that will be sinful, that will hinder our lives, our relationships, our purpose, our growth, our development, all those things. Right. So... Um, no, that makes that makes so much sense. Um, and so you also had brought in you had a list of things people, if I'm right, tend to do when they're <laughs> stressed. And we have a little bit of um, you have a little bit of guidance in those areas. Yes, so. yes. So I kind of sometimes I like to have fun with words. Okay, that's kind of my job. So you know, fear and anxiety. So here's four things that can cause you to do that that can be sinful. So it can cause you to isolate, medicate procrastinate or agitate (laughs) (laughs) don't be a tape yeah Yeah. so um it can cause us to isolate the bible is clear that we're better together 
And anytime we isolate relationally, we withdraw from people, you know, and stress and anxiety can do that to us. And, and so it doesn't do it to everybody, but, but I've done it. You know, I, th- I think we all have. And so instead of reaching out and getting help, instead of putting yourself in a context where you're loved, you're embraced, you're encouraged. I mean, that's the Bible says encourage one another, build up one another. Well, when you isolate, you're, you can't do that. Right. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. But when you isolate those, the benefits from, from the right relationships, you're cutting yourself off from. And so that can lead us down to, to sinful behavior. Um, the other one's medicate. You can isolate or you can medicate. <laughs> and, and I know sometimes we can laugh and say, well, you know, I'm not doing drugs or, or alcohol or, or whatnot. And those are the obvious ones. But we can medicate with all kinds of things. Okay. Instead of dealing with stress, dealing with your anxiety, we medicate it. You can medicate it with shopping. Okay. Not that shopping's evil, but you can shop to make yourself feel better. You can medicate with overwork. You can be a workaholic because you want to deal with your issues. You can medicate with, you know, Ben and Jerry. You know, <laughs> give me a pint of ice cream and I'm just going to make myself feel better with food. You know, I mean, so it's just that we're not dealing with it. We're medicating it. And so we're going to go for that quick dopamine rush, whatever, right. whatever that gives it to us. Okay. Yeah. And disclaimer too, um, you're definitely not attacking anybody that is taking anxiety medication no oh thanks like for bringing that, that up that's, just in case didn't cross my mind i'm yeah. sorry it's not what i meant at all <laughs> thanks for I bringing that up Katie. in there just in case yes <laughs> right i'm uh, that's that's different because you went to a doctor uh, and there's uh, chemicals involved and if you're dealing with depression or right. chronic anxiety it's a totally different issue here totally different issue so thanks for bringing that up don't want anybody feeling guilt or shame from right. this or um, going off their meds just because PD is right. <laughs> yeah, PD said no. I didn't. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. No, no, yeah. that makes. I think anybody can relate to that. Yeah, we all have something that we, you know, when we're stressed, we tend to feel. I think mine is obsessive uh, cleaning. Yeah. Okay. And, there you go. Or getting a- antsy about like, oh, it's not perfect. Yeah. So, um, as my husband would, you know, gladly say, we, "Yep, that's true." We can do <laughs> positive things to make us feel better. I mean, I mean, so it's okay. I joke around. I like to go fishing. Okay. Yeah. And I like to be in my boat. I want to be on the river. I want to be with my friends. Mm. It's a it's a social event. Yes, I like to catch fish. But that pours life back into me. It helps me deal with stress. I mean, so there's there's positive things that people do to to, to I don't want to say it's medicating because right. it, you're, you're actually dealing with stress. It 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 puts good in you, mm-hmm. you know. And you know what? I this could be a whole other podcast episode, but I'm just thinking so much. Even that first one, isolating. Sometimes there's maybe people that have been causing you the stress and anxiety, and you do need to isolate from certain people. Yes, and that would be a different topic. And spend time with Jesus. You know, um, sometimes just spending time alone with Jesus, which I'm not an expert on. I, man, I was just telling somebody the other day, I was like, poor Jesus. You know, every time I'm praying, I get distracted by something. <laughs> like, you you do I, have three kids, okay? I, I know, <laughs> but I'm like, how rude of me. I'm like, if, that, if I was talking to you in a conversation, I'm like, wait a second. Oh, I got to do this. And we're having a conversation. So anyways, just a little, another little caveat to that first one. But Katie, don't feel guilty. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> God knows, all right? He, he sees uh, he sees our life and the things that we have to deal with. And then when you see uh, Jesus's life, there were times, sometimes he got 
not distracted, but you you saw people interjecting themselves into like a direction he was going, mm. and he always paused and stopped and dealt with them in a, in a gracious manner. So he understands that sometimes you get distracted too. Well, thank you. <laughs> so isolate, medicate. We can procrastinate. That's just avoiding maybe the things that we should be dealing with. Mm. You know, sometimes our stress is because we are not doing what we should. We should have the conversation. We should attack that biggest problem that just looks at us every day. I mean, sometimes procrastination increases stress. So sometimes it's on us. Yeah. And the last one is just agitate. <laughs> what I mean by that is sometimes when I'm under stress and I'm not dealing with it correctly, I'm not a nice person to be around. I and, could relate to that too. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yep. Oh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you. Oh, me, okay. Me, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no. you know, I'm working on my stuff too. And I, so I think stress can just cause us to be on edge. Yes, it causes us to yes. be irritable. It causes us to, you know, we're, we're not kind of just great to be around. And, and so we agitate others. We can. Yeah. Uh, so lashing out maybe. Lashing out. Yeah. All, yeah. all the above. So anyway, um, and you know, you might find yourself doing that. Now, God's word gives us a, um, a way to deal with uh, stress and anxiousness. In fact, uh, it, it, uh, I, I, I love the solutions sometimes that the Word of God gives us. Uh, sometimes it tells us not to do something or to do something, and then it doesn't really give us uh, uh, steps. But I love this one passage in uh, Philippians 4, and I'm going to read this to you. In 4, 8, and, or starts, actually it starts in verse 6, and it goes through 8 and 9. It says, don't worry about anything. It's easier said than done, right? Right. Okay. Well, well, yeah, thanks for that. But it says, instead, instead, substitute that. Pray about everything. Mm -hmm. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can fully understand. His peace will guard your heart, which your emotions, and your mind, your thoughts, as you live in Christ Jesus. He goes on, though, and says there's more to do. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise, and keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, the result, the God of peace will be with you. Now, I know that was a lot. So I'm going to leave you with four things. Four things when you are stressed and when you have anxiety. This passage says, first thing is to pray. Now, I, I know that, that, that sounds like a cliche answer. And so, I, you know, Kay's already smirking at me over there. Um, I, don't, I don't mean it to sound that way, really, because I think sometimes, you know, you got some self-righteous Christian, you know, well, have you prayed about it? You know, okay. If we're being honest, though, um, I have to really, that's an area in my faith walk I do definitely struggle. I've been trying so hard to, because I think we get into habits where it's like, oh, I pray before bed. But are right. you praying throughout the day? Are you talking to God on a consistent basis? Right. In the middle of your stress. Right. In the middle of your stress. Are you praying about, it says every situation here. Every situation. Yes, it's okay to wait until the end of the day. But I don't know about you, Katie. I need Jesus during the day. Oh, and, for and, sure. and and so I I mean a lot. Yeah, and, nope, and, and, so, yeah. and so I want to pray in every situation. And so there's there's times where I'm just internally praying in the moment. I'm praying in the middle of my stress. God, I got some anxiety going into this meeting. I, I uh, I'm not sure how to handle it, don't know quite what to say. Would you just help me? Would you just 
would you just let me be at peace? I want to hear you in the moment or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says pray in every situation. And it says, it says petition. That's intense. That you're petitioning God. God, I need you. There are times I, I, uh, I pray. I'm kind of emotional, okay? So I, I, the Lord and I, we, we have pretty intense conversations. And I, I petition, you know? <laughs> I, I need you in this moment, Lord. I'm going into this. I am petitioning your help, Lord. Help me with this. So it's, it's, tell, it's giving you permission to do that. Mm. So, so it says prayer. So that's not a cliche answer. It's serious business. And then it says it with gratitude. So this is sometimes, uh, again, I'm always working at trying to remember to be thankful. Sometimes this is at the end of my day. It feels like I can really lean into the gratitude piece when I'm kind of out of the chaos. Maybe I should be better in the midst of the chaos. I lean into the petition thing in the chaos real fast. But the gratitude, it's like I need my end of the day. And I'm just trying to, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for my blessings. Thank you for how I saw you. I I just start rapid fire gratitude. And that really helps calm me down. It just reminds me that God is in the midst of this. I'm not alone. So it says with thanksgiving. And then it goes on. And the third thing is intentional thinking. Those are my words, okay? Mm. It gives a list about, you know, what is good, what is pure, what is excellent. You know, think on these things. Anxiety is a, um, anxiety is a liar. Anxiety want, and fear wants to control your mind, wants to control your thoughts. And, and so we, we hear the voice of the fear. We hear the voice of the anxiety telling us what's going to go wrong, telling us what the worst case scenario is, spinning out in our heads. How many of you spin out mentally? And when you spin out mentally with all these worst case scenarios, you spin out emotionally and you just tank. So the Bible says, no, you've got to learn to train your thinking when you're anxious. And so this is, it's a habit. It's something that we have to learn how to do. And so the Bible talks about taking your thoughts captive. The Bible says that the, the mind that is set on the spirit has life and peace. The mind set on the flesh, which would be fear and anxiety and stress. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's the bad part. That's where we're going to feel like crap. All right. right. And, and so it is a process to learn how to replace the anxious thoughts with the intentional thoughts. But it is something worth working on. You have to create new pathways in your thinking and so you think on what is good what is right what is pure it doesn't always have to be bible verses bible verses help sometimes i think about vacations sometimes i think about my kids i think about my grandkids think about my wife i think i mean i got some good stuff in my life i can think about okay there's lots of good things you have those Mm. things too just start focusing on the good the excellent what's worthy of praise and then he goes on last thing Okay, I feel like I'm preaching a little mini message. I apologize, but number four, okay, intentional behavior. He says, put into practice, put into practice what you saw me do. You have to have people in your life that that you're trying to replicate their lives. Uh, We all have to have people that are further on down the road. Paul modeled his life for these churches, and he says, I want you to do what I do. I want you to live the way I live, 
And so do you have people that you're trying to pattern your life after? You see their marriage, you see their relationship, you see how they handle stress, you, you see how they handle uh, pain, loss, grief, and you're going, and maybe you've, you've even had conversations with these people. How do you do that? And they say, well, here's here's what I'm working on, here's what I do. Folks, you, you, you got to be intentional with your behavior too. So these things that I talked about, the isolate, medicate, procrastinate, and agitate, <laughs> okay, those are the things you're going to avoid and replace them with different behaviors. So you got to practice the right things. So there you go. You pray, you have gratitude, you have intentional thinking and intentional behavior. That's all from the Word of God, not well, me. You know, as you were saying all those things, what's crazy is <laughs> they are uh, synonymous with like science that people talk about um replacing behavior you're talking about brain waves yeah absolutely. Um, i mean even i'm sure in celebrate recovery that's something that they probably even you're literally rewiring your brain all my so celebrate recovery friends out there are cheering right yeah, now all right, right? well yeah. it's just crazy that it's uh it just when you read a verse and sometimes you can put it together with things people try to be like you know kind of new agey and no there's science i'm telling you it, there is it's, yeah it's very um you're right everything that i just talked about there's science behind everything yeah, the bible is relevant it is yeah. relevant and and again I, I i love that because um god knew the way our minds and emotions work he told us how to live he didn't explain the science behind it i mean that wasn't the intention of, of how the bible was written he told us how to live. It is the life book. But now the science says, oh, I'll be darned. This actually helps you. It does. Mm. So God did know what he was talking about all those years ago. Well, I'll be darned. I'll be yeah. darned. Okay. So. <laughs> um, okay. I don't have any other questions, but the last thing in my notes that we had talked about um, to remember with this specific category is stress is necessary for growth. Oh boy. Okay. I, I know you shouldn't have brought that up. Katie. <laughs> I know. I know we're running up on time. We are running out of time. So listen, it, one, one more thing. Since you brought it up, I can't <laughs> let it go. Uh, stress is necessary for growth because just like a muscle, you, unless you stress the muscle, you, you work the muscle, you cannot increase capacity. You cannot increase strength. It actually works that way emotionally. And so a certain amount of stress, without a certain amount of stress physically, your muscles atrophy. You get weaker. You get weaker. Well, it's, it's the same way mentally and emotionally. I'm not even going to say spiritually. You have to have a certain level of stress to keep you growing. Uh, otherwise, you actually get weaker emotionally, you get weaker mentally, and you get weaker spiritually. And, and so... If you're trying, if you're falling in love with comfort, comfort is the enemy of growth. Mm. So stress isn't all bad, folks. Yeah. So. And to quote PD, uh -oh. without stress, you're a spiritual wimp. No. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, we don't want to be Your a spiritual wimp. Words, you not don't, mine. Did we I don't want to be a spiritual wimp. <laughs> don't be a spiritual wimp. <laughs> Lead into the stress. Trust Jesus, expand your capacity, and learn to be stronger. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mighty power. Stress is how you can go there. Boom. Boom. That was good. Mic okay. drop. Yeah. There we go. We're wrapping it up. I <laughs> okay. turn it over to you, Katie. There you go. Nope. If this added value, um, 
pay that fee and share it with a friend share it on your social media if you're not following us on instagram do it so you can stay up to date um that's real life foothills um you can also follow pastor dale on instagram and he has great content that he puts out to encourage and add value so um and his is pastor foothills so pretty easy to remember yeah um, i need some more followers too come on help me out out there yeah, get, get on my instagram account yes, yeah. yes you're, you're missing out is what he's trying to say that's yes, right it's fun out. yes so help us share um like we said this is a project this is a movement this isn't just a podcast um we want to get this word out there we want to get get all the followers tools um and just get in as many ears as we possibly can and add value so Amen. share the show share it yeah so all okay. right we'll see you next week we'll next week <laughs>